Welcome once again to another episode of the Random Access Podcast brought to you by RAPodcast.net. This is episode 478, recorded live on Saturday, September 17th, 2016. And here are your hosts, the man who may or may not be paying attention to the U of M game today, Dave Pillay. Hi. And the man who may or may not be paying attention to the WMU game today, Andy Lowe. Hi. Who's WMU playing? Illinois. Oh, oh my. Yeah, no, what you really need to do, though, is look up the WMU Illinois odds. Yeah? How do I, do I just search WMU Illinois odds? Yes. And I find oddshark.com. Sure, that one will work. Predicted score, Western Michigan, 39.8, so 40. Illinois, 22.7. Huh, this, uh, this isn't going to go well for the uh, Illini, is it? Western Michigan, no joke. Um, most of the money line spreads have Western Michigan winning by three. So the money line spreads are close, but the overall who do we think is going to win is not. All right. Well, then. Well, th- that that's a computer pick. But the actual the, the bookies yeah. think it's Western is literally three points over. Yeah. So the bookies think that Western's going to win by, like, less than three. Yeah, but still, Western's going to win. Okay, good for Western. <laughs> That's, that, was a, that was a bit of a surprise. I mean, I, we watched them play. They are playing very well. Yep. What time is the Michigan game? Michigan game is at... 2.30. 2.30, yes. I can never tell if that's local or where the game is. I assume it's 2.30 my place. Yeah, it's... No, I think it's actually 2.30 Eastern time. Be helpful. All times I can act- are Central Time. Oh, you're right. Three thirty p.m. All times are Eastern Time. Hey, Google. Thanks for letting us know. <laughs> yeah. So there's football. Mm-hmm. There's college football. It's that time of year again. So if you don't like listening to talk about college football, you should probably just skip like the first five minutes of the show. Dave, are you scared though? Because this is Michigan and Colorado. Why should I be scared of that? Do you ever, you remember the miracle in Michigan? Not, like I remember that it's a thing. Was that Colorado? That was Colorado. Okay. It was also Appalachian. Yes. But this is not Appalachian. This is Colorado. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I mean, Western's playing really well. Michigan is playing really well. True. But Colorado is also undefeated going into the big game at the big house. We'll have to see. I wonder if that's going to be bro- oh, it's broadcast on BTN. Screw that. I don't get the Big Ten network out here. <laughs> I mean, I could if I paid for it. But why would you do that? But why would I pay for it for like seven games out of the year? Because the Big Ten knows people. there are people who will pay for that. Yep. I am not one of them. Nope. Neither am I. Where's the Western game going to be on? E- ESNN. ESNN. What the frick is ESNN? Today, 4 p.m. on ESNN. E- ESNN. Oh, ESNN is... The ESPN News Channel? E- Entertainment Sports News Network? I don't know. Okay, so there's ESPN, there's ESPU, ESP3, ESP2, ESGP, I guess ESNN is ESPN News? I don't know. There's the Ocho in there somewhere. <laughs> there's the Ocho. <laughs> it's a bold move, Cotton. See if that yep. works out. Yep. The, game, the game last week, there actually was a guy on the other team whose last name was Cotton. Okay. Oh, he ran with the ball, and I'm just looking at him like, yeah, that's that's a bold move, Cotton. There's a uh, a YouTube network that is lifting the concept of the Ocho, and so it's going to they're going to try and call themselves the Ocho, and it's going to be a bunch of weird sports that aren't on like the mainstream net- networks. Well, if they want to do curling, I know of a place they can. <laughs> 
get a whole bunch of curling content. Well, I, I think curling, because it's like an Olympic sport, wouldn't qualify. What? Even curling, like the- curling is too mainstream for the Ocho. <laughs> too mainstream for the Ocho. I don't think I've ever heard somebody say, oh no, curling, that's too mainstream. Yeah, it's part of the Olympics, man. So is dressage. Yeah. Would that be too mainstream for the Ocho? I have no idea, but probably. <laughs> All right. Um, so that's sports. Sports. How has your week been? Good. Uh, pretty. Not too bad. I don't remember. You don't remember your week? Yeah. It all starts to just blend together. Um, except for the ISDN line. Oh, yeah. Oh, the ISDN line. Work? Yeah. Okay. Uh, I played a lot of Factorio this week. <laughs> <laughs> Who didn't see that one coming? Raise your hand. Uh, a lot of people should have their hands up because I haven't played it in, like, weeks. Oh. Because once you finish the game, you're like, cool, I'm done. I'm free. And then you leave and you don't come back until weeks later. And then you're like, yeah, I'll try again. I actually beat it in half the time it took me to beat it the first time. Well, congratulations. Thank you. I also managed to make a very small computer. What? Single purpose. It was not a programmable computer, but I made a small computer that watched. So I, I have a train that runs in it, right? Yes. And the train goes to a mine and picks up materials. And then it brings the materials back. Uh, uh, but through various uh, pieces of the game, I didn't want the train to sit at the mine for very long because it had other mines to reach. Okay. So I set the train to say, go to the mine <laughs> and wait until there's like 10 seconds of inactivity that nothing is getting loaded into the train for 10 seconds. Or if the train is full, just go. But the mine was like loading one thing into the train every couple of seconds. So there was never 10 seconds of inactivity. The train would just sit there and wait and wait. And so I wrote a small, it's more that I wrote like an IC, an integrated circuit, that the loaders would only start loading onto the train if there was a total amount in the chests of at least 300. And then they would load until the chests were empty. And then they wouldn't load again until the chests reached up to at least 300. Oh, so you were putting in an activity for the train to actually leave. Yeah. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. And I did this using only addition, multiplication, division, and subtraction, and comparisons. Greater thans, less thans, and equal to. Well, well done on that, then. So that is that is the programming that you get to do in this game. You don't get to type anywhere, like, if this, then this. I'm trying to do some programming as well. Yeah? Yeah, uh, I finally got the SDK for my Gear Fit Watch Ooh. installed. Because I'm trying to get the runner app, so I don't actually have to, you know, have it running on my phone. Yeah. Um, because it just destroys my battery then. So I'm trying to have it run on the watch. This is the app that you made? Yes. For, like, tracking where you're running and when you're running. Yes, to let Kate know uh, what my current pace is and my estimated finish time and everything. Okay. But, yeah, no, it's... Because the, the way I programmed it, I didn't program it all that great. Because I was using Google Apps or whatever the... The app inventor yeah so it couldn't do certain things and um yeah that's one of them but the, the 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 samsung sdk for the watch has a lot of like pre-programmed stuff in there so i feel like i can try and modify some of their stuff to get it to work for mine so cool well, good luck with that thank you both done programming this week mm-hmm. my programming was probably a bit more frustrating <laughs> mine was just um okay i'll make sure i can get this on here and get it to work with my phone and watch yep so i haven't actually done anything yet other than the their own like hello world sort of manipulation i had had to go not not that this is a competition or one-upsmanship i'm not (laughs) trying to do that uh i had to go and look up like boolean logic and arithmetic logic and so like how do you do and between two things when all you have is like numbers the answer by the way is multiplication 
Hold on, let multiply, me think. Multiply me, one and one, you get one. Multiply one and zero, you get zero. Ah, multiply zero and zero, you get, you get zero. So it's only true if both are true. Yep, there you go. Yep. That's how you do it. All right, I get it. How do you do or logic? How do you do or logic? <sighs> no, I'm going to spend too much time thinking. All right. You're not going to tell me? Huh? Are you going to tell me? I wasn't planning on it. <laughs> oh, uh, there's a couple ways of doing it. One is to cheat and not use binary, like on and off, but to actually just use base two. And you say zero plus zero is zero. Zero plus one is one. One plus zero is one. One, one plus one, one is greater than zero. <laughs> ah, I get you. So basically, you, you add and then check: is it greater than zero? I don't know where to go with this one because none of our none of our topics have any sort of correlation. Ooh, ooh! How about this? Go to cs-first.com. I don't think that's any of our topics, but okay. It, it is now. cs-first.com. Okay. Oh, computer science clubs. Google is starting a, uh, a a program, if you will, where as long as you have some number of students, some number of computers and headphones, you can set up a club and they will mail you printed curriculum materials. Hmm. Well, this would be nice. I could definitely, if I had time, volunteer. <laughs> I like that. If I had time, I would do this. Yes. The question is, do I have time? I don't know. I, that is that is the excellent question. But really, the like, Google's doing its own thing, huh? This is really cool because they not only send you the material, but they also send you like they they give you methods of tracking things and making sure people are still doing the work. Like this is really cool. Oh, they have a sample single activity. Oh, programming language of Scratch. Mm-hmm. Hey, Scratch works. Hey, no, Scratch does work. It's perfect for the. Uh... Now I will point out this is like definitely directed towards kids. Yes, but it's still directed towards kids and getting kids involved in comp sci which is really cool mm-hmm. oh how this got partner got started one of the partners of the michigan film and digital media office neat hmm. well that should be interesting yeah so there you go there's a, a lead into our topics okay so speaking of google there we go alphabet uh is one of the leading partners for the link nyc wi-fi hubs okay they, this is the free city wi-fi from new york yes so each of these things, they're they're pulling out the payphones and they put these in here and they put little tablets on them as well. Um, the problem is these tablets are fully functioning web browsers, and okay. so that doesn't sound like the best idea. No, especially with the large homeless population in New York City who are using these as just public access terminals. Yes, even though they're not supposed to actually be the terminals, they're they're just supposed to be like there is Wi-Fi. Yeah, these are supposed to you know help with you know, directions and phone calls and that sort of thing. Right. Um, but yeah, no, there was a lot of people who were using the hubs to uh, watch porn. Okay. Or listen to loud, explicit music. So they are going to turn off the web browsing on Browser. all its tablets. All right. They're also going to uh, dim the lights on the kiosk displays and limit their maximum volume at night. So that's Good. also a plus. Good. So yeah, so no, they, they still, you can still do phone calls. You can still bring up maps. You can still do device charging and access to 311 and 911. The Wi-Fi itself is still going to be completely open and free. It's just the tablets that are installed on there are no longer going to have web browsers attached to them. Okay. It's just one of those things where it's like, wait, you're going to put free internet access... Everywhere. Everywhere. And not expect people to watch porn on it? Have Did they talk to any public librarian? Because I feel like that's, you know... Public librarians would easily go, oh, you guys. Do people watch porn in the library? Oh, yeah. Oh. There were a couple times I went to the Celine Library, and I went to go use their computers. 
and um, I had to get the librarian to restart them because whoever was on it before me um, was on a porn website and got hit by a pop-up storm. So I go to sit down and I'm just like, oh, this is not me. Let me get a librarian sure, over here. Randy. Totally not you. No, it, it wasn't me. Right. This is really funny, actually. I, I, cause I, I couldn't, yeah. You couldn't what? Picture you sitting in the library watching porn. Like I cannot actually see that image. Which is good because that image would never happen. Okay. As long as we're okay on that one. We are. Okay. Uh, football. <laughs> I thought we just left football. We left football, but we actually should go back to football. Because there's one more thing that has to do with football, and it has to do with, with uh, the public and football on the internet. Okay. So if you will, speaking of the internet uh, and football, Twitter, I don't know how we missed this earlier this year. Twitter made a deal with the NFL to stream Thursday night football. Wait, they streamed Thursday night football on Twitter? Yeah. So Thursday Night Football was on CBS. Yes. Where 15 and a half million people watched it. It was also on Twitter's live stream, hmm. where a average for each minute of 243,000 people watched it. Which is a much smaller number, although it, it, a full 21, uh, 20, no, 2.1. There it is. There's a decimal point in there. 2.1 million people. So uh, not even a quarter of the, the CBS group. 2.1 million people went to the live stream hmm. for at least three seconds. <laughs> Which I love how it's only in the Twitter app and not the actual, you know, Twitter web interface. Yep. So, you know, you'd have to get their app up and you'd have to stream it to the Chromecast. You have to log in. But I, I like where it's going and I like what it implies, right? If Imagine, Andy, if it wasn't just Thursday night football. Imagine if it was football. And imagine if you could open up Twitter and see... Like each play as a tweet where you could review the video of the play for each tweet huh. and that you had commentary, you had at replies, you had all of Twitter for football. Yeah, but if each play had a tweet, that is a lot of stuff. Is it? How many plays are there in an average football game? I don't know, but Google probably has the answer to that. I'm searching right now. Uh, bu- bu- bu. In 2012, the New England Patriots led the league in average plays per game with 74.3. So double it, right? Because you've got to get yep. roughly number, and that's the high end. Uh, so that's uh, 150. 150, yeah. 150 tweets per game. That's not too bad. Right. And a lot of those, you're not going to worry about it because, you know, an incomplete pass is probably not going to be that exciting. But that right, it's, it's a tweet. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, if somebody posts a tweet of that, you know, game winning touchdown catch with yep. zero time left on the clock, that could just be retweeted like nobody's business. Yeah. But Twitter handles millions of tweets. Yeah. A second. Probably much more than that. Oh, yeah. No, probably. Most definitely. Yes. Uh, 150 tweets from a football game is not going to really make any sort of impact. No, no, it's not. You're right. Now, my question to you is if you are Fox, how much do you pay to make sure that this never happens? I don't think Fox was worried about this, especially if, you know, Twitter comes to you and says, hey, we want to pay you millions of dollars to live stream. But that's if if they go to Fox for it instead of going to the NFL and saying, we want to do this. That is true. They went directly to the NFL. Well, does can you stream the NFL games on from? I mean, not legally. Uh, NFL online dot com. Looks like the NFL game pass. Which and is probably the, just using the, the video stream from Fox and CBS and ABC, NBC. Well, the NFL is a weird character because they also have like the NFL movies and they, the NFL has always been 
very selective about their rights. They they keep a lot of their stuff close to the chest. Right. Because like the it's it the DirecTV, it's literally the NFL Sunday ticket max. Yep. It's the NFL Game Pass. They are And so what if the NFL decides that we can make a shit ton of money from Twitter by doing this? I think Fox isn't going to care, especially with the numbers that they actually showed. Yeah, Fox is not going to... A, it's Thursday night football. No one's thinking about football. B, did you know that this was happening? No. I didn't know that this was happening. Do you think you and I represent the like slightly more in-the-know group of people? Okay, so uh, I'm looking at the Super Bowl. I'm looking at the... Because remember, the Super Bowl got streamed as well, right? Yes-ish. Uh, streamers watched 350 million minutes of game coverage. An average of 1.4 million people streamed the game per minute. Um, nearly 4 million people streamed some part of the pregame game or postgame coverage. Unique people. Mm-hmm. Average viewing time was 101 minutes. I mean, the Super Bowl is an event. Yes. It's the other part of it, right? Last fall, Yahoo streamed an and NFL game. And got Yahoo streamed the game, 15 million viewers, last year. But that was worldwide. I... I don't think the TV companies are going to care that much until most likely it's too late. Once it actually starts to, you know... Do you think Fox is just going to ignore this problem and hope that it goes away? Fox is going to ignore this problem until it's too late, and then they're going to try and do something about it. By that point, it's too late. As soon as the numbers actually start to... You know, you don't you don't think people at Fox have like more savvy than that? I don't know. Probably not. All right. Well, let's see. if I go to Fox Sports, yeah, FoxSports.com, and if uh, college football, NFL, maybe it's Watch. No, nope. no, nope, they don't really have anything. Fox Sports Go. Oh, that's what it is. You have to get the app, and then you have to stream that to the. Okay. No, I don't think Fox is. Fox is not going to care. Fox is just not going to care about this. We'll see what happens with this. So speaking of Twitter, though. Yes. They're modifying their tweets come the 19th. So when this episode goes live. How are they modifying tweets? Tweets are going to be longer because they are not going to count um, media attachments or quoted tweets as part of the 140 character limit. Well, the 140 character limit was sacrosanct. Yes, because, you know, it used to be text messages. Right. But now that you know nobody really does text messages, and even if people do longer text messages, it just shows up either as two text messages or one text message because your phone's smart enough to know to combine them. Twitter decided, you know, that starting Monday, they're going to make longer tweets because they're like, well, this stuff's not going to matter. So the, the character count of the tweet is still 140, right? Yes, but if you have a web link that is, you know, rapodcast.com slash public slash gif.gif that whole web thing is not going to count against your 140 characters we don't actually have a gif.gif guys. no we don't just before you try and go to that <laughs> or do we uh if we do i didn't put it there i'd have to generate a gift and then log i'm not i'm too lazy for that okay <laughs> that'd be a great way to like insert an easter egg though right just halfway through the episode Ooh, does reddit player one come out next year or this year i think it's next year Speaking of Easter eggs and, and gifts. 2018, March 30th. That's so far away. Uh, there were some recent set photos shown online. Yep, there's a dragon, Iowan Haptic, Oasis, pictures, Steven Spielberg with his little camera thingy. <laughs> so yeah, there's some set photos, but that's it. So yeah, no, that's coming up. Doctor Strange is coming out this month though, right? Or is that next month? Soon. Doctor Strange. November 4th. Sorry. 
What was I excited for that was coming out this month? I don't remember. I was excited for something that was going to be coming out this month. Movie-wise? Yeah. Any number of things? Um, it was a documentary about um, eight, or Compaq. That's going to be interesting. Oh, The Magnificent Seven. That's coming out. Ah. That's what I remember. Yeah, The Magnificent Seven is coming out this month. And then next month... Uh, Inferno is next month. Yes, I know. It's a Dan Brown movie. Well, yep. Dan Brown movie based off of the Dan Brown books. But I liked Inferno, actually, the best out of all the Dan Brown novels. I have no respect for him as an author. <laughs> yeah, no, that's... I'm not going to argue that one at all. So, yeah, so Twitter is going to... It's technically longer, but that's because they're not counting things that aren't actual tweets. Okay. That's so the, just so crazy to me. Yep. So the iPhone 7 is out, and people have already torn it apart. Yes. Like, literally opened it up and op- and, and ripped it to pieces. Yeah, the iFixit guys have already torn it apart. They tore it down all the way to the components, yada, yada, yada. And they were curious, like, okay, so they removed the headphone jack. So what did Wh- they put in? Uh, where the headphone jack is supposed to be, it looks like it was a speaker port, but there's nothing actually, there's no speaker attached to it. What? It's a barometric vent. A what? A barometric vent is where the headphone jack used to be on the iPhone. And what is a barometric vent? It measures barometric pressure. Why does my phone need to measure barometric pressure? The barometer which is what measures barometric pressure, is the thing that allows a phone to measure altitude. And Apple points out that the iPhone 7 can measure even minor changes like climbing a flight of stairs. Why does my phone need to measure altitude? I don't know, but that's what's going on. That is, they removed the headphone jack and they replaced it physically in where the headphone jack was is now a barometric vent and barometric pressure indicator. I think I I would prefer to sacrifice barometric pressure (laughs) for the ability to use literally any headphone made in the last 80 years. But you can if you have the dongle. Oh my god, don't say those words. (laughs) The dongle? I am going to hurt you. I still love that picture, though, of the dongle that splits the lightning connector into two lightning connectors, and then you plug your charger into one, you plug the other dongle into the other one, and then you can plug your headphones into that. I'm going to hurt you. So other fun things to note, um, despite having no analog output for audio, the iPhone still has three audio chips inside of it. Mm-hmm. And um, one of the major tweaks that actually makes the iPhone 7 waterproof, mind you, I saw the iPhone, uh, the iFixit guys, submerge an iphone 7 in uh, a fish tank and they left it running for eight hours they actually had to they actually had to plug it in and charge it while it was still submerged side note you can actually charge your iphone 7 underwater well it's still submerged well it's yeah in the water that is impressive yes i'm hesitant to try that with my phone yeah so no they were charging it while it was still in the fish tank um and uh, it, they ran it for eight hours. Turns out that's how long. That's uh, eight hours is the max limit for YouTube live videos. Okay. So after eight hours, they're like, "Yeah, no, this thing seems to be waterproof." So they just called it a they called it a win for the iPhone Seven. Um, one of the major things, though, that makes it waterproof is the glue that holds the phone together. Yes. Is what kind of makes it waterproof. Which, if you start bending the phone, remember it was, I, I think the iPhone 6 had the uh, bendy phone. Yes. Yeah, if you if you accidentally bend your iPhone 7, uh, it's much more resistant, but the glue will start to separate. Or if, you know, you get your iPhone worked on and, so you know. They have to open it. Yeah, if they have to open it and replace the screen or do something of that nature, it might not be as waterproof the second time as it was the first time. Oops. Yep. 
Uh, I don't have this as a topic, but some people are saying some of the conductive tip gloves um, are not working with the new iPhone home button because it's not an actual button anymore. It's a uh, conductive pad. Yeah. So it doesn't actually like it's all it's all just touch. It's not actual push. Um, right. Some some of the conductive gloves aren't working all that well with the button. Oh. So, but according to a couple Apple sources, we might not have to worry about that because two people told Biz- Business Insider that, um, or sorry, the New York Times. Somebody told the New York Times that most likely the iPhone eight is not going to have a home button. What? What? What will it have? Like, how will you go home? It's the one button that has been on the iPhone the entire time. Brian Chen reports that next year's iPhone will have two major change changes, citing two current Apple employees. Number one, still without a headphone jack. And next year's iPhone will have a full screen face with the virtual button built in directly to the screen. So it's not an actual button. It's going to be a virtual button. So kind of like what my LG had. Yes. Where it's, there's just a pretend button there. Yes. It's going to be okay. embedded into the glass panel. So if you go full screen with something, you're going to go full screen. Full screen. Okay. So then it's really no different. No. They're just pretending it's going to be different. Because right now it's it's not embedded in the screen, but it's not a button. Yeah. yeah now, now it's even going to be less of a button. Right now there's still something like physically there you just that you don't push you don't push you touch yeah so they're just removing the ring around it yes and then putting it so the display can go over top it okay so the display is literally going to go from edge to edge good for them yes again my lg g3 did that two years ago and speaking of edge let's talk about the note 7 Ooh, the poor note 7 yeah which I'm actually kind of excited because people have been speculating that Samsung's going to try and push the Galaxy 8 up and try and get it released sooner. Because they want to get past the 7? Yes. I could see them doing that. But normally they announce it at the MWC, which this year is in February, so I'm not sure how much farther they can push it. Well, I think they they announced it last year and then said it was going to be available later, right? I think? It was made available around, like, April. Okay. So maybe they're going to announce it in February, make it available in March. But still, I think it's going to be nice for them to, they, they're going to announce it in February. That's, that's a given. But yeah, no, they've stopped ads for the Note 7. They've done, oh, but hopefully, because I, I kind of want to get an 8, depends on how it is. Yeah, but you don't know anything about it. No, but. Why do you want an 8? Well, my five's starting to get long in the tooth. Ah. It's been. that. When was Galaxy S5? That was three, was two. 2014? Yeah. Two years ago, so it'd be three years ago. Yeah. And I can easily, you know, jump it up to the next one. Um, but so Samsung has released a software upgrade to try and fix the Note 7 charging problem. The overcharging problem. Yes. Which is also to say the exploding problem. Yes. Yeah. What did they do? Uh, they made it so it will stop charging at 60% battery. <laughs> oh, look at how big the battery is. It's so amazing. It'll last forever, except that you can only charge it up to 60%. Yeah, so it will now technically be a uh, 2100 milliamp hour battery rather than a 3500 milliamp hour battery. Because the battery has been a little bit exploding. Yes. What is the, on the, the, on the Galaxy 7, what's the battery life on that one? I... Uh, don't know offhand. It usually lasts me all day. Let's see. Gallery, Galaxy X7 battery S7. S7 has a 3000 milliamp hour battery inside. Okay. So, so the now the Note 7, which is bigger and, you know, most likely would use more battery, now has a smaller battery than the Galaxy S7. 
Dave, I'm guessing you're really glad you did not get that phone. I'm very glad that I did not get that phone. I am quite happy with my my uh, Galaxy S7 instead of the Note 7. Mm. I'm liking this one. So yeah, so that's that's Samsung's update to the Note 7 because they said people first they told people not to use it, but they're like, I bet you there are people still using it. So we're just going to send an over the air update that cuts your battery use to 60 percent it cripples the phone yep let's let's be honest what it's doing they're crippling the phone to make sure it- it's a safety risk that the phone, <laughs> they made the phone so powerful it explodes oh that's funny yeah all right uh amazon and retail stores yes so there have been some retail retail stores showing up right yeah um they're planning on opening these uh, are the, the brick and mortar bookstores yes Okay. Uh, they plan on opening about 100 pop-up stores in malls by the end of next year. Pop-up stores are those little tiny, like, cart-based stores? Sort of. These are going to be more of just, like, setting out a carpet in the middle of the room, in the middle of a hallway, and putting okay. a store there. Uh, it's going to sell Amazon devices ah, rather than books. Okay. Fires and Alexas and... Yep. Which would oh be good, God. so I don't actually have to go to Best Buy to look at the new Kindle and then decide to buy it on Amazon. I, I'd really like to walk over to one of those and just shout out, like, Alexa, play X. <laughs> See, if they were smart, they would just, what, what's, it's, is it Alexa and Amazon and Echo are the three, I think, now? What? The three keywords. Oh, that it'll run? Alexa, stop. Sorry, Alexa heard me in the other room. <laughs> Mission accomplished. <laughs> Damn it. First it was okay Google, now it's Alexa. Yeah. What what was Alexa doing? I'm not sure. I just heard the beep boop, boop, boop of oh. her trying to do something. <laughs> She's trying to order you an Amazon Echo. Oh crap, we're playing music now. What the hell? What? She's actually playing music. Hold on. <laughs> She's playing the Beatles, so I'm not, you know, complaining too bad, but stop. God just <laughs> Alexa! Stop! Okay, now we're good. Sorry to <laughs> fantastic oh my god i'm so happy right now yeah alexa heard i'm not sure i just turned the beatles what oh geez oh pete she just responded again <laughs> it's gonna be after like living with a two-year-old i'll have to spell out her name the a-l-e-x-a yeah the a-l-e-x-a is being a p-i-t-a-e-i-e-i-o-t-l-a yeah, I had a lot of fun uh, kind of using the Alexa up at the cabin. That was that was a nice touch. Mm-hmm. It's very interesting. It is a little creepy that she's like always listening. No, it'd be great though if she could somehow because you can write like apps and programs to work with her. <laughs> with what, Andy? With her. Who's her? I'm sorry, I, I lost track of where we were. The Echo, which I know I can say perfectly fine. It's just going to be the Echo. Okay. Since that is not our keyword. Um, you can program apps for the Echo. <clears throat> so it'd be great to actually have one that uh, is like a home security sort of thing. Because if she's always listening, if somehow she could, you know, hear something and then go, oh, who is that? And if it does not, you know, respond with the correct keyword. Oh, I wonder if you could do this. If you could set it up with the home security stuff, because she does a lot of home hub integration sort of things. Hmm. Hmm. I'll have I'm to think sweet. about that. You know, if Alexa, son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Did you pick it up? Nope. Okay, we're good. Oh, now I've already figured out a title for this episode. Yep. Um, Alexa, stop. Yeah. 
Speaking of smartwatches and other sort of Internet of Things, so Apple released the new version of the Apple Watch. Samsung is prepping to release its Gear S3, but nobody else is going to be releasing a new watch this year. Huh, what's the e- reasoning? Even at the IFA trade show in Berlin, where, you know, a bunch of these were announced last year, yeah. Asus was the only person to return with a new watch. The only company. The only company, yes. Corporations are people? Joking. Oh, I get you. Okay, sorry. Yeah, you, you'd said the only company. Right um, it seems that a lot of people um, don't really like the smartwatch aspect of it. Most of, even if, if you watch the Apple keynote when they were talking yep. about the Apple II watch, half the time was spent with the Nike guys talking about fitness. Yep. It's a watch. It's supposed to be a watch. It's not, I... I actually forgot my watch at home yesterday when I went to work. Now, have you ever forgotten your your phone at home? Yes. Yes, I have. And how does that feel? Not too bad. Yeah? Yeah. No, well, because I'm at work, and so I just... I have, like, a sense of dread when I leave my phone at home. I'm like, shit, my day just got a lot harder. I have to remember to, like, check things, and I, you know, I, I get my email on my phone. I get my communications on my phone. I have my schedule on my phone. It's like, forgetting it makes my day harder. No, I, had, I, I have no problem with that. I, I have I have literally forgotten my phone at home because it's on the charger here next to the computer, and I might have gra- forgotten about it before going to the gym or something. It's just like... Well, I, I forgot my watch at home, and that's how I felt. It was like, I don't care. Yeah. Oh, darn. I, I left my watch at home. So phone companies, I think, want you to feel the way I felt about the phone, but no one is, is made a watch that's going to make you feel like that. Also, you're really weird. Me? Yeah, that you don't get that sense of disconnect. No. I mean, good for you. It's, it's probably way better for you as a person, but that's weird. I just, eh. so no, no, it's, it, if I miss it, oh darn, I miss it. There's plenty of times here where I'll just, you know, just leave it on the charger when I come home and then not worry about it. So. Yep. Cause you don't have a Galaxy Note 7. <laughs> okay. So fewer smartwatches getting made. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's not surprising at all. No, it's not surprising at all. They need to figure out what they want to do with it. Uh, Valve and Steam have got some user score stuff going on. Yes. Steam has decided to, uh, kind of work out the user review score manipulation that has been going on. So what, you know, pe- what some developers would do is give out free Steam games to friends and family. They would get the game, play it, and then put, you know, a really good review up, even if the game's not good. Yeah. So, yeah, according to Valve, the majority of review score manipulation we're seeing by developers is through the process of giving out Steam keys to their game, which are then used to generate positive reviews. Some developers organize their own system using Steam keys on alternate accounts. Some organizations even offer paid services to write positive reviews. And so now um, the default default review score that shows up at the top of each product page uh, will not include reviews written by those who obtained a product through a Steam key. So anybody, you know, who gets a game on a on a a humble bundle or I know we've gotten some games from people we've interviewed on the show, which is really nice. Thank you guys. We appreciate it. We appreciate it. It reckons that at least 160 games have had a substantially greater percentage of positive reviews by users who activated the product with a CD key compared to customers who bought the game directly on steam. So yeah, no, they're, uh, that's what they're doing to change the review score. And some of the developers are not happy about it. I wouldn't expect them to be, but I feel like it's the right thing to do. What are the developer complaints? Um, well, they're saying like, well, great. You know, I, you know, I started my game on a crowdfunding website. And so I gave all the early adopters steam keys for the actual game in order for the, you know, so it's like, what am I supposed to do? (laughs) 
the game's on Steam, but everybody who really wanted the game, who already crowdfunded me, has got Steam keys instead of buying the game on Steam. And so, you know, um, I, I'm not going to recover from this, is what one of the guys said. Yeah, it's I, the ideal solution is that, oh, no, even that doesn't work. I guess the devs could appeal, like having some sort of appeal process would work. But how do you know if that appeal is legitimate and how much do you know is, you know... Right. Well, for one like this, you know, most of his his backers, most of those, his players got it from Kickstarter. So you go and look at the Kickstarter and see, like, how many people were there. True. This is why we, we interviewed a publisher once. You remember that? Oh, yeah, yeah. What's her name? I don't actually remember. Oh, that was the one with the cat. Was that uh, Emily? I think that was Emily. Emily Morganti? I do believe so. And we talked about, like, what does a publisher do? And one of the things is advertising and getting the word out and getting... This is really just needing a a publisher. Mm Mm-hmm. Which a lot of people, you know, who are crowdfunding stuff are just, you know, doing it on their own. WFTO Games lost 102 reviews. 83% of those were positive. Somebody else is talking about out of 120 reviews, they've lost 40. Yep. So... People are, are getting creamed. But mm-hmm. we'll it's see. it's a problem that needs to be fixed, though, because people are gaming the system. And if people are gaming the system, it needs to be fixed. Yeah. How do you do it? Is this the right way? It's very heavy handed, but it's something that they can easily do across the board. No problem. Yeah. So we actually have a second topic along these lines about someone who's gaming the system. OK. Or at least who was accused of gaming the system and is now suing the people who accused them of that. The dev sues reviewers. What? All right, so, no, 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 okay, start from the beginning on this one. This one sounds confusing from what you just said. Yeah, so company uh, puts out a game, someone reviews it and says it's really bad, and they sue for damages. Okay. Uh, because he, he had so small studio, trying to find the actual lawsuit and the reasoning behind it, filed a lawsuit against the critic for assault, libel, and slander for $10 million. Oh, jeez. Falsely accusing them and causing damage, et cetera, et cetera. Okay. Uh, then they turn around and they start suing the Steam anonymous reviewers. <laughs> oh, yeah, because that's going to work. Because what this company has been doing has been putting out the crappiest, like, lamest, mass-produced garbage, where they would they would use the raw assets, they'd use the raw engine, they wouldn't do anything. They'd make something that barely qualifies as a game, and then they'd give it away. Absolutely just give it away. Like, put it on sale, send out Steam keys, just give it away. And the reason that they were doing this is because their games had Steam cards. So if you have thousands of people playing your game, even if they didn't pay for it, but it cost you nothing to to produce. When they sell the Steam cards, you get a share of that profit. Oh, okay. So that was their business model. And people started calling them out on it, and so they sued them. Oh, and as of actually like 20 minutes ago, right now as we're recording this, Valve has removed all of their games from Steam. <laughs> Literally hot off the press, 20 minutes ago, Valve has now removed all their games from Steam. Yeah. Oh, that's good. That that happened after we started recording. (laughs) That's funny. Yeah. But just reading through some of these reviews, like people took this uh, apart, like absolutely took it apart. So stock assets and Solon engines and just they're like, this is garbage. That's funny. Yeah. Oh, that's funny. But God, really, anytime a game developer starts, you know, to sue users, that's not going to end well for them. Nope. That's nope. Nope. Suing the reviewers is not going to end well for you. No, no, it's not. Okay. Uh, what else do we have? Uh, let's see. Uh, somebody complained to Apple that their keynote was not very diverse, which um, happens when your head of marketing is a white male and your CEO is also a white, white male. male. 
And the folks that Nike sends over are white men? Uh, no, Nike's president's actually African-American. Okay, but was it Nike's president on stage? Yes. Oh, okay. There we go. Good for Nike. Uh, Nintendo sent over yeah. not a white male. No, that is true. A- it, was, it was Miyamoto, right? Yes. Yeah, they sent uh, over Shigeru Miyamoto. Okay, so on, she posted an article about this saying that... Um, On Wednesday, when they introduced the iPhone 7, women spoke for approximately eight minutes, men spoke for 99, which, like I said, your head of your company and the head of marketing are both white males. They're going to be talking for a majority of the time. If you don't put Tim Cook up there, you're going to hear about it. Yeah. You're going to hear the news of... Why wasn't Tim Cook up there? Yeah, why wasn't Tim Cook up there? So it's one of those things where it's like her accusation is a bit far-fetched. Yes. Is there a diversity problem in the tech industries? Yes. Yes. Not going to argue that one whatsoever. Is putting a fight up for a keynote address really, you know, where you should be doing it? Not so much. But that's neither here nor there. What this is more about is Apple's, quote unquote, off the record response to this, which um, anybody in journalism knows off the record has to be basically you should kind of get your journalist to agree to it first before you actually tell them what the off-the-record information is. Um, so this Apple PR person just said off-the-record and then just said it everything without actually having the journalist agree oh, to the off-the-record part. That, so That's painful. So no surprise, she posted it on the record. Um, and someone's going to... thats I mean, that's both, right? Like, that's on both of them. That's because the... the- PR person thought they were off the record and it really should be the journalist saying like, no, this is, I I have not said off the record. At the same time, the journalist got something that said off the record. There's an understanding there. Well, according to her, it was not an understanding, but, um, yeah, well, she's never going to get told anything again. Yeah, no, this is going to be like a Gizmodo Apple thing. It's, yeah, no, good luck, have fun. You're not yeah. going to hear from Apple ever again. Yeah. Neither is basically your entire <laughs> company either. The tech mic? Yeah. Mic? yeah. yeah. Um, so they talked about, you know, oh, yeah, we have diversity. Um, there was a lot of diversity on that stage. Um, we had a gay man, two African-Americans, a Canadian, and a British woman. Which she was like, really? You're saying diversity and you said Canadian? So Apple's Apple's unofficial response to diversity is, look, we have a Canadian. Um, but uh, none of those people actually worked for um, Apple. So this whole thing is just silly. But yes, no, there is actually. <laughs> there is, we can all agree there's a diversity problem in the tech industries, but this whole thing is just silly. It's like, first off, you know, she's complaining about a keynote speech. Second off, Apple's responding, quote unquote, off the record without even, you know, verifying it first. Third off, they're claiming people from other companies is part of their diversity. And lastly, one of those is Canadian. So, yeah, <laughs> it's, this is just dumb across the board. Yeah. Oh, let's see. Speaking of dumb across the board, Adblock is selling ads. Yeah. Remember, we, we talked about this. I thought we talked about this. Well, I Adblock- know that they were going to they were going to have ads that were, you know. Well, so it's, it's weird when they say they're selling ads. Right. What does that mean? They're not. They, they're essentially trying to establish an ad marketplace for other people to sell ads that would go through their extension. So they're like pre-approved ads. Right. And they're hoping to make money off of this. Okay. So, I mean, first off, like this could just be really bad in, in the first place because they could block the actual ad and just put in their own wherever yeah. they want. And like that's awful and completely unethical. Mm hmm. Um, but the idea is that the ads are going to be pre-approved, that they should be unobtrusive ads, you know, nothing that's like click here to download on a download page. Yeah, no, those ads are dumb. Oh God, I hate that. You have to like hunt for the right button. (laughs) One of these is the right one and I don't know which one it is. Five of these are going to take me to malware. One will probably take me to a porn site and one is the actual PDF I'm looking for. Yep. 
Um, but they, they, they might, so they did this at the beginning and like people got really pissy and I'm so glad that you told me to just go over to uBlock instead of AdBlock. Yes. No, I, I, it works so much better. Oh, so much better. Well, this was actually done from the AdBlock guy before he, you know, was it, was it AdBlock or was it uBlock that he actually split from? But one of them, this, this one origin is the good one. Yeah. So, okay. So they said the acceptable ads platform will supply ads from Google and AppNexus, but both Google and AppNexus are ending their association. Yeah, well, so they said, hey, we'll be, we'll, we'll give you ads and we'll allow them from X and Y and from this and from Google and AdNexus. And they kind of forgot to ask Google about that. So they were actually going through a third party to get the ads that Google had a partnership with. And so because of that, the, the partnership was like, yeah, we can just resell these ads. And Google looked at this and said, like, this is pretty unethical and we don't like this. So we're pulling our partnership with that third party company because they partnered with you. Oh, that's funny. So, <laughs> oops. Oops is right. Maybe should have checked in with the ad giant that you were hoping to work with before you decided to do all of this. Yeah, no, that's that would be a good idea. Yes. Yeah. So speaking of good ideas. Yes. The European Union. Always a source of good ideas. Yes, sometimes. Really. Well, this one, uh, they want to, um, by 2025, set a target for all European households to have access to download speeds of at least 100 megabits per second. Have access to. So, like, in the area, you could, if you chose, yes. purchase up to, not that it has to be affordable. No. Not that it has to actually be there. Just, you could go to the cable company and say, I would like this speed. Yes. Saying That's- everybody every household in Europe should have access to download speeds of at least 100 megabits per second. By 2025. 2025. So nine yes. years. Nine years. 100 megabits per second wherever you're at if you want it. What they're also, also going to do is promise free Wi-Fi in every town, village, and city in the European Union in the next four years. A little harder, but still doable. Yes. So, you know, my guess is every like city hall or town hall or whatever, some sort of village square... With a, they just you know allow you to buy something and provide free Wi-Fi in every town in Europe in four years. Neat. Four years. Four right. years. I guess I'll go. And to then there's America. Uh, let's not go there. <laughs> yeah, no. Let's not talk about that. Uh, Tesla. <laughs> America. America. Tesla had uh, tried to to sell in Michigan, and Michigan said no because, you know, the auto industry. Yes. And as a subsequent friggin' little parasite on the auto industry, the dealership industry. Yes. Right? Let's be honest. It's not the car companies that are against this. It's the dealerships. Yes. It's your LaFontaine, massive people who own like 60 dealerships sort of thing. Yeah. Uh, They did not want Tesla to be able to sell directly to customers. They want Tesla to sell to the dealerships and then the dealerships would sell to the customers and make a tidy little profit yes tesla wants to just sell directly to the customers so the dealerships made that illegal and tesla appealed and the ruling came back nope (laughs) wow yeah now arguably there there was some words in here about like this was originally supposed to protect the consumer and it was also supposed to protect the auto industry because if like the auto industry made something that didn't sell it wouldn't hurt the auto industry it would hurt the dealers 
So they were asked for a license, uh, which requires a dealer to have a bona fide contract with an auto manufacturer to sell its vehicles. Tesla has told the department of, uh, that it does not have one and cannot comply with that requirement, and so it is not able to sell. To sell. So you cannot go to a lot in Michigan and buy a Tesla. Unless it's used. Buy a used Tesla. Yes. You can still buy a used Tesla. You just cannot buy a new Tesla. Could Tesla sell used Teslas in Michigan? Yes, yes, you can. So they just need to sell all of their cars to themselves and then resell them. Oh, that yes, but they can't sell their cars to themselves because they have to sell them at a dealership. They can sell themselves the cars in a different state. Maybe. Now, let's, this used cars license thing for Tesla is still up in the air, but supposedly right now you are able to buy, purchase a used Tesla in Michigan. You just can't purchase a new one, but maybe even this used Tesla thing might get the door slammed on it because that's yeah. still being under review. Yeah, so essentially, tough luck. Yep, so... I saw a Tesla the other day. They're pretty cars. Oh, yeah, no. Yeah, I saw a couple of them actually driving around here, which means somebody actually drove to another state to buy the Tesla in order to drive it back here. If you had the money to buy a Tesla, do you think you'd really be concerned about driving down to Ohio? No, no, I would not. Yeah, God. I love how we. this wasn't against, this wasn't illegal, until 2014. Then this was illegal, and then Tesla tried to fight it, and now they're like, well, do you have the license for this thing that we put into place two years ago to stop you? Oh, you don't? Oh, that's oh, too oh. bad. We're sorry. Yep, nope, that's not going to work. Too bad, so sad. Yeah. Uh, is there anything at the end you want to hit before we hit the random topic and review? Uh, or review and then topic? There's two Pokemon Go to- topics that I, I kind of wanted to talk about. Okay. Yeah, need to. It's actually three Pokemon Go topics. There's three Pokemon Go topics. Yeah. What's the third one? The uh, the Go Plus. Oh, that little dongle thing. Yep, the little dongle thing that I feel like is ruining the game. Why would it ruin the game? It's a it's a you, you clip it on your thing, right? And it will like vibrate if there's a Pokemon nearby. Do you know what it does? I thought you clip it to your belt and it vibrates if there's a Pokemon nearby. Or you put it on a watch. It it vibrates when there's a Pokemon nearby, which would be great. That would actually be fantastic if that's all it did. It also has a button in the center that glows. And okay. if you're near a Pokestop, it glows one color. If you're near a Pokemon, it glows another color. And that's actually three colors. Okay. Green, if you're near a Pokemon you've previously caught. Yellow for new Pokemon. And blue ah. for Pokestops. So if you're near a Pokestop, you click the button and it activates the stop. Oh. You're near a Pokemon, you click the button and it throws a Pokeball. <laughs> With Pokemon Go Plus, you could unwittingly walk by a 2000 CP Charizard and attempt to catch it with a single standard Pokeball, which that I, kn- I know that's not going to work. Yeah. I don't even play the game and I know that's not going to work. Yeah. You have no idea what you're catching. And you, like, it, I, I, it, I think it, the purpose of the game, according to Niantic, is to go out and explore and seek Pokemon. Yes. They've reduced the game to, I click a button. <laughs> You don't need the phone, you don't see the game, you don't interact with the game in any way, except I click a button and then keep walking. Which is kind of funny, because, okay, so that that's out now, which is, um, somebody asked a bunch of North America Pokemon Go players, like, questions. It was a survey about them. Mm-hmm. Um, so the first question was, what feature of Pokemon Go gameplay most makes you want to play? Number one answer, playing with friends and family. Let's see, uh, it's 27%, 20% collecting new Pokemon, 19% location-based play encourages physical activity, 17% catching rare Pokemon, which I guess is different than new Pokemon. Mm-hmm. 6% is leveling up existing Pokemon, 6% battling at gyms, 4% meeting or interacting with people who also play. Yeah. Now keep in mind, this is the what feature most makes you want to play. Yes. So you certainly can fall into multiple of these. Yes. And I'd agree. I mean, that very first one is going to be true on almost 
any video game. Yes. Why do you play it? Well, all my friends and family are playing. It's fun playing with other people. Yes. Well, no, it's just friends and family. Other people is the one on the very, very bottom. Meeting other people is the one at the very bottom. Okay. Or interacting with people who also plays at the very bottom. So it's all about friends and family. You heard it. Right. But you you make new friends as you go along. Some people do. Right. (laughs) 4%. Yeah. No, 4%. That's their primary goal. Again, this is just asking for the number one reason. And it is not safe to assume that like, oh, everyone's number one reason is playing with friends and family. Therefore, the number two reason is collecting new Pokemon. No, that's not how it works. This is just what is your favorite reason? All of these could have number two being meeting or interacting with people who also play. Aside from the 4% who put it at number one. I still don't think that's going to be high on the list of meeting and interacting with other people who play. I I understand you don't think that. And I also believe that it's not going to be 96% have it as the number two reason, but it's still a reason and it's still a a good reason. And playing with friends and family, I actually combine with that meeting and interacting with other people. It's a social activity. But go on, go on, keep going. Well, the other question was, where did you first hear about Pokemon Go? 35% friends or family told me. 27% was newspaper, website, etc. 17% video online. 9% saw people playing. 7% saw it on TV and 5% saw it on the app store. Okay. So this is, it's, it's word of mouth is what caused this to to be such a big, because this basically was trying to figure out why is Pokemon Go such a big hit? Yeah. It was because, well, first off also 62% um, have played a previous Pokemon game and 59% have watched the previous Pokemon cartoons and or movies. 45% have played the Pokemon TCG. Mm -hmm. So it's all people who love Pokemon. Yeah, it's nostalgia. Yeah, it's nostalgia. And then friends and family started playing it, so you decided to play it too. Yep. That's why Pokemon Go became such a big hit. Yeah. Is it that great of a game? It's decent. It's not great. No, it, yeah, it's decent. It's definitely the thing. Yep. There's actually a, a video that I, I added to the list of like, how could you improve on this? What other ways, what other concepts could you pull into this? And it's pretty, it's very well done. You could even just make it the Pokemon game, for goodness sakes. Eh, it is the Pokemon game. It's just one very small section of it. Yes, but, you know, actually being able to choose your attacks with rather than just, you know, Yeah, but that makes mashing. the attacks be, be turn-based again. Yeah. I think they, as a design choice, they wanted real-time battles. Which pluses and minuses for real-time battles. Yep. All right, random review. review. It is your week, Dave. It is my week. Yes. I am reviewing a chat application called GroupMe. GroupMe. Not GropeMe, GroupMe. GroupMe, okay. Group text messaging. Well, I can do that in Hangouts. You can. You can, in fact, do almost all of this in Hangouts. Uh, but I've, I've learned not as many people use Google Hangouts as I would have thought. So GroupMe is a, a very nice way of just managing group messaging and having groups. Everything that's here uh, I've seen in one form or another in Hangouts, but it's nice to have a specific place just for these groups. It's also nice because it actually doesn't even require a smartphone because you can just use SMS. Oh, well, that would so be nice. Do the group messages with SMS, which I'm pretty sure Hangouts handles. But again, very few people, it turns out, use Hangouts. Which is funny, I was going to say, because, you know, we use Hangouts at work all the time, but all of our stuff is Google-based, so it makes sense for us to use Hangouts all the time. Right. Fewer than, than I would have expected use Hangouts, but it's very easy to do this, and it's very easy to bring people into this because they don't have to install anything. But again, like Hangouts does SMS. Uh, to log into GroupMe, you can create an account. 
or you can use Facebook, or you can use Microsoft, since it's technically owned by Microsoft. It's actually a division of Skype. Uh, and on the phone, you can log in with your Google account. Okay. Online, you can log in with your GroupMe account, your Microsoft account, or your Facebook account. Not your Google account. There's no option to log in with your Google account online. <laughs> well, that's a bit weird. Yeah, it's it's a little annoying, in fact, because like I have a GroupMe account via my Google account. I can't log in using the Google account online, so I can't log in online. I, I can't even figure out how to even go around that. You can't. <laughs> I even sent them a message going like, hey, uh, there's a small problem here. Like you have this option on your phone, but not on the website. They're like, oh, you can do it on the phone. Yes, that's what I said. <laughs> That's not the problem. No, that's not the problem. Oh, have you tried the app? That I, I want to log into the website using my, my account and have my conversations. I haven't heard back from them. I'm very disappointed in their support. I... <laughs> I don't know what to tell you. Yeah, they do have an API, so at least there's that. Well, that's good, I guess. So yep. You can make your own. Yep. So GroupMe is Hangouts, but not Hangouts. But more people tend to use it, and it's a little easier. It is It is a very nice and clean application. So Hangouts has gotten a little bloated over time. Oh, and then also there's going to be a new updating, upcoming changes to Hangouts, too. Oh, my God, what is it this time? The Hangouts extension will soon change to a single window experience. Oh, yeah, that's happened. Oh, it hasn't happened for me yet. Oh, go download it. You can, you can opt in. All right. Hold on, let me update. Add to Chrome. Sure. Yeah, for a while I had the Hangouts extension and the Hangouts app, and I don't know. Uh, we use GroupMe for, for Pathfinder, actually. Because people in your group don't use Hangouts? Yep. I know it's crazy, but they all just, they are willing to use GroupMe. Uh, right, one so other thing is that if you don't register for GroupMe, because you don't need to register to use it because it just works over SMS, uh, they will annoy you to register if you don't. Mm. I don't want one chat window, though. I like having separate chat windows. Mm. This is bad. Yep. Uh, God, and all my SMS messages are on here, which I don't care about. Uh, God, this is going to be Grumpy Old Andy again. <laughs> all right, Grumpy Old Man Andy, what is our random topic? Random topic, rolled ahead of time. What food would you suggest for a party game cast featuring the party game cast, What the Food? So there is a podcast out there called The Party Game Cast featuring The Party Game Cast. And there's a board game called What the Food. No, no. It's part of their show. Part of their show is called What the Food. Okay. So they talk about weird food. Like last episode, they talked about red velvet Oreos and cookie dough Oreos. Okay. And so what food would we recommend to them? Yes. What food would we suggest for The Party Game Cast featuring The Party Game Cast for their What the Food section? Is what I'm guessing is what this random topic means i mean i, I did the uh kettle corn and milk which follow up i now have two kernels stuck in my teeth and it is the most annoying thing in the world <laughs> oh is it when those were like the kernels like perfectly curving around your tooth so you can't even like floss I, it yeah i can't i can't i tried to floss it and just blood so much blood there will be blood yeah so what food would i suggest hmm because I feel like this would be food that you would snack at while you're playing a board game. So it has to be some sort of snack food. So what snack food would I choose? Hmm. I'm going to go with something off the wall. Because I'd be interested to see what, you know, random people, normal people think about it. But caviar. Yeah? Because <laughs> I feel like the just position of them playing, you know, some random board game and then have snacking on caviar would be a, a quite a interesting podcast to listen to. And see what, you know, people's reactions are, and then, you know... So what food do I know that's really off the wall that I'd want them 
I could give them the three food challenge. That's not giving them food. That's no. asking them questions about a food. Yes. Want something that's I made in the early days of, of being gluten free. I made a batch of cookies and I forgot to put in the the xanthan gum, which is the binder. <laughs> And so the cookie dough was rather liquidy, and in the oven, before it hardened, it actually melted into the cookie sheet. Huh. And then it hardened, and it, it became a cookie. And it was it was very brittle, and in fact we termed it, because it looked like peanut brittle, cookie brittle. And I think that's what I would offer them. It's not, it doesn't crumb very much, because it's just, like, it's a peanut brittle. So, peanut brittle is what you're going to go with. Well, cookie brittle. Cookie brittle, yes. Yeah. Could be interesting. I'd, I'd like gonna... to hear their reaction to it. Yeah, no, cookie brittle, that doesn't actually sound that bad. Thank you. So, I, cookie brittle and caviar, oh. Yep. Yeah. That's, uh, something. All right. All right. Well, that's, I guess. That's, that's it. That's it, so that's a wrap. This has been another episode of the Random Access Podcast. If you have any questions, comments, concerns, corrections, suggestions, remarks, reviews, rebukes, retorts, or just rants, feel free to contact us. You can find us on Twitter at RAPodcast, or send us an email at mail at RAPodcast.net. Thank you for listening. Thank you.